0: Do you have a book report due tomorrow? Do you have to sound smart at a book fair? Do you have to make a speech for your next campaign for presidency? Then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to No Need to Read. One, two,
1: one, two, three. Come gather round in story time with Nicholas Jones Rally. There is no need
2: to read with Nicholas Jones Rally. If he's wrong, it's not a fault. Take everything with a side of salt. Come gather round for story time with Nicholas Jones Rally. Welcome to No Need to Read with Nicholas Jost-Riley, where Nicholas Jost-Riley explains books so you don't have to read them. I'm Justin. I'm Xander. I'm Nicholas Jost-Riley, local
0: cranberry farmer.
2: (laughs) And today we are talking Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. In 1865, Lewis Carroll published what would soon become one of the most famous and successful children's novels of all time. There may not be a single person that you will ever talk to that has never heard of Alice in Wonderland, or the book's actual title, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Since 1865, the book has easily sold over 100 million copies. The story has been adapted into multiple plays and live performances, 26 television adaptations, and a whopping 34 feature films, including Disney's 1951 animated feature. And it has even been adapted into an erotic musical. While everyone has heard or seen this story, how well do you truly know it and does it match up to the original words on the page? We have, of course, in-house resonant expert on all things, Nicholas Joseph Riley. Here I am. So this is a peculiar story that we have here today, and we're taking a different approach to it. Uh, we're not just solely focusing on the story and the events that happened, and due to its pure nonsensical nature, we will also be analyzing the symbolic nature of the story itself.
1: Yeah, we're getting a lot more metaphysical here.
2: Yes. Yeah, are, so, are
1: you ready for this, Nick? So I as, exist in a metaphysical sense. <laughs> as as
2: we go through the story, we'll also be asking you perhaps what the true meanings uh, behind the message is usually. <laughs> (laughs) we give one big message at the end but i think because this book is so allegorical in every step of the way that i think it really needs more of a we're not going into a deep dive but perhaps a bigger dive multiple smaller breakdowns. multiple smaller breakdowns than one large breakdown at the very end so let's go ahead and start our story starts out with our protagonist a young girl named alice who is sitting outside with her sister when suddenly she sees a white rabbit Nick, let us know what is so special about this white rabbit.
0: Well, as you know, (laughs) white rabbits, pure white rabbits, are not exactly uh, common. Uh, like found animal most of the time they have multiple different colors in their coat because having a pure white coat unless you live somewhere that's mostly the tundra would not exactly be great for survival very
1: dangerous it's
0: very dangerous so of course it stands out against this forest backdrop simply as a white rabbit yep just just, just nothing, just nothing it's, white.
2: it's just because it's white there's nothing else about that white rabbit
0: not not yet oh, okay. <laughs> oh okay, okay why
2: does alice uh other than it being its color
0: why does she take such notice of this rabbit Because Alice, man, there's just something. Alice loves rabbits.
2: She just loves rabbits. She just loves rabbits. Oh, great. Why?
0: Do you not like rabbits?
1: I love, that's actually one of my favorite animals. Yeah,
0: so I get it. I mean, you're practically in the shoes of Alice right now. If you saw a pure white rabbit come out of the bathroom over there.
1: If a pure white rabbit walked out of the bathroom, I'd follow it anywhere. I would just get up and walk away from the podcast.
0: Exactly. So I think that goes to show exactly what Alice is doing right now. Exactly. So, you're Alice. What does Alice do when she does see
2: the rabbit? Oh, well, she follows that rabbit. Of course, she follows that rabbit. Where does she follow that rabbit to? Uh, she follows that rabbit to a tree. Okay. And what does she do? Where do they? What do they do when they get to the tree?
0: Well, the, at the at the base of the tree, there's a weird large hole, and oh. it's that the rabbit actually goes down. And Alice saying, "Well, that's kind of neat." There's a big hole in the ground, and a rabbit just went down it. Ra- rabbit holes are rather small, and this is like this is person size. Is this where we
2: get uh, down the rabbit hole from? This is
0: where we get down the rabbit hole wow. from, which, you know, really doesn't work in real life, because rabbit holes usually can't fit people. They're
1: really, really <laughs> small, notably. Yeah, yeah very,
0: notably very small uh, in the real world. Now, what about children, though, because Alice has a child? Okay, children uh, are not the size of rabbits. Uh, How many
1: children could you fit in a rabbit hole, Nick?
0: I well, if I'm really trying, probably about uh, two. I think about two of them.
1: This <laughs> from previous exper- experience. S- so what is? Let's that... continue with the what... <laughs>
2: <laughs> what does Alice do when when they get to the rabbit hole? Jumps right down that
0: rabbit right hole. Right down that rabbit <laughs> hole. No hesitation. As any... you know, with children, not the is brightest. Is there any? So
2: is there any reason why Alice decides to jump down that rabbit hole?
0: Uh, well, she's hoping that life's just better down the rabbit hole. <laughs>
2: Okay, so she's we won't go into it right here, but so she's she's not content with life.
0: Yeah, she's not content. I mean, would a would a person who is content with life follow a rabbit to a tree and think about jumping in the hole?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I changed my mind. I actually do want to know why, why she's not content with life as a child right now. She's sitting. Is I assume it's a beautiful summer day. Why would you also would you be outside sitting under a tree seeing mm-hmm. a rabbit? Why is she not content with her life right now?
0: We're post World War One.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. And where post? Okay, so where are we post World War One? We're
0: in Britain. Yeah. Yes.
1: 1865 post World War One.
0: Yep. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, he was actually writing into the future. He oh, predicted that gotcha. World War I was going to happen. Okay. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, with a lot of the other th- well, we'll get there. It hmm? Makes sense. Clairvoyance
2: fantastic so she okay, jumped right down so that hole so things are just not great nope. to be a trout okay so she jumps on the rabbit hole. so alice slowly falls down this rabbit hole almost as if time is slowed down Uh, She's able to take in her surroundings and notice that the walls of this hole are actually lined with shelves and bookcases. She finally hits the bottom and finds more of the same. What is Alice thinking when she gets to the bottom of this hole? She's thinking, wow, kind of weird they put a library underground. (laughs) She is is just like, wow, this is amazing. This is crazy. I mean, because it's fantastic. She's not
0: questioning that this couldn't be possible. I mean, so the thought is constantly going through our mind of this couldn't be possible, but it's hard to say that when you're seeing it right yeah, before your when, eyes when as you well. When you can see it and feel it. It's, it's that cognitive dissonance of being like, there's no way this is real, but I'm also seeing it right now. So there, I think we're going to see more of that later down the line of this issue between the two halves yeah, of this reality.
2: Like a seeing is believing kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: It's seeing something impossible, but you in your deepest reaches of your mind, you're going, well, there's no way it can be possible because I've never experienced anything like this before. You know that it can't be possible. Okay. Yeah.
2: So when she gets to the bottom, she sees the white rabbit and she actually chases him around a corner, but then he is, he is then gone. She finds herself in a hallway full of doors that are all locked. She finds a key on a table and it only fits one small door that she's too big to fit through. What does she try to do to get through the door? Does anyone help her? And does she meet anyone else other than the rabbit in this cavern?
0: Yes, she does. So at first she's trying to uh, force her way through the door. But this is a very well-constructed door and uh, a doorway. Mm-hmm. There's no real way to force oneself through it. So she's sitting there trying to go through when another strange person Comes up behind her who's, and says, who's the person? Uh, well, I'm getting to I'm sorry, my moment. apologies. And offers to help her through the door.
2: Oh, yeah. And who might that be? And
0: that person would be, we would come to learn their name later. She doesn't ask their name right now, but it is the Mad Hatter. Oh, oh, the, Ma- oh, oh the okay. Mad Hatter. Yeah, the sure Mad Hatter is here. And what is he doing down <laughs> in this cabin? Uh So he's just wandering around right now. We don't. We don't exactly know what he was doing before she got there. We know he's just currently in the hallway, too
2: okay let's go ahead and take a quick this will be our first little breakdown she's in a room she's in a cavern yes a cavern that she is uh that's at the bottom of a rabbit hole that's then filled with shelves and bookcases and there are many doors around her yes um all of which are locked
0: Mm -hmm. and different shapes and sizes different
2: shapes and sizes what is lewis carroll trying to what is this an allegory for what is he trying to say about being in a place full of a bunch of doors of different shapes and sizes that are then locked?
0: I believe he's trying to say that these are the many pathways that we as a person can take in life. And sometimes we <laughs> see all of these paths before us, but not all of them we could traverse. I mean, theoretically, any person could be like, I want to be the next president or I want to be an astronaut. <laughs> but those we see those doors and then you go up to touch them and they are truly locked because... Truly just some there are some doors to you, no matter how great and grand your dreams are, you'll just never be able to open them. And sometimes you find out that the door you're opening is just too small for what you want.
2: So hold on. Is Lewis Carroll trying to say to children? Yes. (laughs) That you can be that you can think you can be anything you want to be, but when you actually try it, you're like it's like, no, you actually can't.
0: Disappointment is a very important. Lesson. That
1: makes sense. Lewis Carroll was a very famous nihilist. I'm, I assume, so obviously. I assume, <laughs> well,
2: a man who predicted World War. Yeah, one. he
0: yeah. saw World yeah. War. He War saw one. what was going to happen yeah. in the world and said, "You know what, kids? You're not going anywhere. You know where you're heading? The battlefield."
1: Yeah, Alice isn't jumping into a rabbit hole. She's
0: jumping into, into a, a trench, a bunker. Yeah, no. <laughs> she's jumping into trenches.
2: So, um, and in fact, there's only one key to one door. She has a singular path. What is, what's the meaning behind her being too big to fit through the one door that will actually open for her?
0: Uh, Is that... What, she, what does she need to do, is going through her mind right now, is that she needs to figure out a way to get onto her path in mm. life. And currently, there is an obstacle in front of her now. she sees, She's seeing the tunnel, the light at the end, but she can't make it there. And, you know, this, this is a very important lesson that uh, they're trying to teach us right now, is that sometimes the strangest people can help you in your life. This random person that she's never met before is going to help open this door for her. So I think they're trying to tell us is that just to accept help whenever it comes. Don't turn down the hand. Okay. So let's go ahead and go back to the Mad Hatter showing up. Can you tell us a bit more what he looks like yeah, and how he, he like? acts? So he's a bit uh, odd. He, he speaks in odd mannerisms. He, he doesn't stay consistent. He's wearing all green. What are the odd mannerisms like? Well, the fact that he just—he sometimes just changes up his speech patterns. He he walks a bit odd. He 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 seems to just talk <laughs> to people that aren't there mid conversation.
1: <laughs> ah, yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Why bit, do they call him the Mad Hatter?
2: Yeah. Oh,
0: because he seems a bit mad. And he also
2: has a big hat, so he is a Hatter, and he's a bit crazy.
1: Very 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 nice naming convention here. I think we're
2: girl. going with
0: simple naming conventions for the so rest what, of this book. So, <laughs> <laughs> what does he do to try and help Alice get through? So, this door. also plays into another part of the story of uh, being, she's seeing something, but in the back of her mind, she's like, this is impossible. The Mad Hatter simply comes up and widens the door. Oh, wow! <laughs> because he just, yeah, for those- so uh, on the podcast, Nick just made a motion lifting
2: his arms up. Lifting his yep. arms, so putting, his, <laughs> putting his hands around the threshold of the door and just stretching it like a rubber band.
0: Yep, stretching it like a rubber band, <laughs> which is which is seemingly very impossible And Alice is going, well, that's that's impossible. This was a very rigid door like I couldn't fit through it. And the Mad Hatter essentially, I mean, he's going on a bunch of tangents here, but essentially what he's trying to get across is that, well, if you couldn't fit through the door, you just need to make the door frame fit you.
2: Oh, wow.
0: Oh, you need to rethink
2: your world outlook. Mm-hmm. And really instead deep. of trying to change yourself to fit these
0: parameters, you change the parameters. Because you change the parameters. This already
1: feels like the most deep we've gotten on the podcast. Very forward thinking. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I think we're just going to get deeper, maybe further down that rabbit hole. Okay, so (laughs) (laughs) with with the door now being bigger,
2: thanks to the Mad Hatter, Mm -hmm. she uh, is able to pass through the door. So we are no longer in the cavern. And what we see on the other side, um, we seem to be like outdoors in a great, luscious, green area you know fields hit rolling hills trees everywhere a beautiful summer day and the white rabbit shows back up and alice notices that he's in a house what how has the rabbit has changed
0: how has the rabbit changed the rabbit's now much larger how big we're talking probably the size of a bear (laughs) okay so we now
2: we now have uh we had a little girl Mm -hmm. with the size of a regular rabbit and now that rabbit is now the size of a bear.
0: Yes. To a little girl. Okay. Yes. Big. I'm talking. I'm not talking like like a black bear. We're talking like a grizzly. Grizzly bear. Wow, now. it's huge. And bear.
2: and is that it? That's the only thing that's changed.
0: Uh, a few other things have changed. Uh, so obviously we're no longer in a cavern. We are now in a great open expanse. Mm-hmm. So that is also another impossibility. It's like we were just underground. How are we in a field? Now? Yeah. Which doesn't make a lot of sense and you know i think it's starting to happen we kind of see it really start to happen here that alice's mind is starting to really split into halves here
1: Ah.
0: because we're seeing the impossible but there's just a part of her that has to stay grounded in her reality that she knows so she's constantly fighting against this new world that she's seeing she's losing it she's starting to lose it and we're starting to see the cracks really form okay
2: yeah okay so alice then follows the white rabbit who is now the size of a bear to his house. Yeah, his house. And finally, the white rabbit notices Alice. And what is the first thing that
0: he says to her? Well, he says, I can't believe you actually followed me all this way.
1: He's <laughs> like, how dare you stalk me? Yeah, back, honestly, he's a little to to my offended. Home? He's a little Back offended. To my
0: home? You, that's essentially what Alice did. Alice stalked this rabbit all the way back to his house, his home. She's a stalker. And she's getting reprimanded for it all this time going, what the hell is happening? What's, Why a- am I being scolded by this giant rabbit for following him to his house? A, rabbits don't have homes like that. <laughs> Not a house of wood and stone and brick and mortar. They got dirt holes. Why is he reprimanding me? So that's another impossibility that we're having.
1: <laughs> I love how she's getting upset that this guy's upset that she followed him home. Yeah. She's like, what? I'm just following you.
0: <laughs> yeah. And the rabbit's like, that's kind of a, a shit thing to do. All right. Little girl. It's kind of fucked up. Like I have a, I have a it's, house. It's kind of creepy. Course I, you have a, I have a family. But of course he doesn't use that kind of language. Yeah. That's the vibe. That that's the vibe though. Yes. Yeah, so of course. This is a children's book, so I'm going to I'm using explicit language that is not necessarily happening in the book.
1: Yeah, we just put the kids through existential dread. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean,
0: think about a lot of children's stories. Okay. Older ones. That's true. Yeah. About the World War One era. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so now that, of course, now that she is there, mm-hmm. um what what does the rabbit do after it's like he accepts the fact that she has followed him there because this is essentially Alice is an outlander in
0: the world of wonderland. Well, the rabbit goes, well, she followed me all the way here. And then he, and then he kind of looks back in on himself and he has this sort of inner monologue. He's like, all right, wait, this is a kid. This is a child. So maybe she's lost. You know, I shouldn't have been so harsh on her. This is obviously like not a full grown adult, not thinking. I mean, I doubt she even knows what's going on. Listen, I'm throwing a dinner party, so I might as well bring, I'll just, I'll feed her, and then we'll figure out what to do afterwards. Because he's like, who knows, like, how long the kid's been in there. Like, time is a little wobbly around here. So she could have been, he doesn't know how long she's been, like, here in the caverns or anything, because time is getting a little wibbly wobbly so so,
1: so the the rabbit's aware of how odd the place is yes
0: he, i mean he knows his place is odd he's, he's seen know, other rabbits and he's a traveler between both
2: worlds that's true that's true alice's and wonderland it's honestly kind of cool um while alice is at the home she gets into uh, a bit of trouble and she causes quite a mess what happens well so office? the
0: rabbit's like listen i'm i'm prepping for this dinner party i need to get the table set i'm making meals my wife's in the kitchen uh, his wife? Yeah, his wife, Miss Rabbit. Miss Rabbit. Gotcha. She, gotcha. she's, she's not as important Ms. to the story. She's okay. she's, a, she's a tertiary character at best. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and Is she so, also the size of a bear. Oh yeah, she's big. She's big too. She's a big rabbit. Some would say even slightly bigger than him, but we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> and so he's like, "All right, you, I have my priceless china set over here. I need you to take that, start setting the table. I mean." You're a kid. Take it, like, one piece at a time. Like, take it slow. This this stuff is priceless. All right? Kid, one at a time. Like, take one cup, then you take the cup plate over. All right? You hear me? <laughs> this is a
2: painstaking process. Painstaking process. And as you know, hold children... On, but hold on. If, the, if this china set is, like, big enough for a bear to use, how big is that to a child?
0: It's pretty big. So what?
1: <laughs> no wonder he's, like, one piece at a time. Yeah.
0: He's like, A, it's fragile. B, it's large. But, of course, as you know... Children are not exactly patient, nor do they like to do um, repetitive tasks like that, which is manual labor. So Alice tries to take the the shortcut. She tries to take multiple pieces over at once. She takes a, a few plates, a few cups, stacked haphazardly on one another, carries them over, and of course, since she is a child, and that this is large, large pieces of uh, dishware. She trips and it all shatters across. Oh the floor. no! Completely <laughs> shattering. No. Like half his china set right oh, there on the floor. And I think what they're, they're trying to tell us here, the author is trying to say, is that sometimes you do have to take the slow path in life. You can't just keep taking shortcuts. Slow he, and steady wins the race. Slow and steady does win the race. The opposite of this rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is the rabbit upset? Of course, livid. He was already upset at the child before, and has now been like, "Okay, listen, I'll give this girl the benefit of the doubt. I'll I'll try and help her." Now, I mean, this this rabbit's pissed. I mean, he is he is fuming. That's his priceless china set. It was handed to him down by from his grandmother. Oh, really? He's is, he is livid, and so I mean, he's about to straight up just like hit this child. <laughs> Oh, my
1: God. Well, it was written in the 1800s. Yes, so it was. Oh, never mind. <laughs> that's normal.
0: <laughs> and uh, he's a, he's about to strike the kid when his wife, this is really the only time we ever see the wife. Like, Brayson is like, it, it's okay. It's just it's just objects. They're just things. Wow. They can be replaced. Wow. We can fix them. And so she's like, I have everything. It's getting prepped for dinner. It's already in the oven. I'll help with the Brits left of the china set. And he's like, okay, that's fine. I'll calm down. He's like I'm going to go take a quick shower, wash off all these bad ah! vibes. Uh you you guys can finish setting up. And so that's that's what he does. He goes and takes a nice little shower. Uh they finish setting it up and they they so this is another thing they they kind of brought up a few times. There's a bunch of different dishware now on the table. Yeah. It's it's for all different sizes and shapes now. A different dinner
2: Does she stay for the dinner party?
0: Um she she helps serve the dinner party, but she has other engagements. Okay. So she she will be leaving before this. Quick speech.
2: quick question, what kind of food do they eat here?
0: Uh, it's it's a wild assortment of food. And so it ranges from normal food that you'd see in our real world, such as like eggs, bacon, uh, a turkey, maybe a full ham to other things that just don't make any sense. Grass spaghetti, things like that. <laughs> grass spaghetti. Grass. Spaghetti? What is <laughs> that? It's it's spaghetti is made that, out of grass. Is that not just a salad? No, no, because it's worked into new... Oh, okay. <laughs> that's
2: amazing. <laughs> I
1: think we're Made missing a market grass. here that we could be investing into.
2: Grass spaghetti? Ru- write Gris- that Grishetti. down. Write that down, and that'll be on the merch uh, website not too long from now. Okay, so Alice, you said, has other engagements,
0: so she leaves... Oh, no, 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 not Alice. The, oh. The, 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 the other rabbit. Oh. The, the, oh, the, the that's the who wife, you meant. That's who you meant. Okay. Yeah, she's she's leaving. Alice oh, is going to stay for the dinner. Oh, I mean, Alice she's got nowhere to go. Oh,
2: so Alice does stay for the dinner. Alice stays for the dinner. Okay. Okay. So
1: so the wife leaves the rabbit and Alice to She to has other she has other.
2: Yeah, she has yes, other. Yes, okay, okay.
0: Listen, it's Tuesday. This is when she goes goes and plays mahjong. All right? <laughs> With her friends. Very detailed
1: on uh, this this wife this tertiary character.
0: I mean, that's it. That's you the have only
1: part give, has
2: right a, here. Has to give her a reason for her to leave. Yeah. So Alice does after the dinner party eventually leave the house. Yes. Um and she kind of runs through Wonderland. And bumps into several other uh, individuals and characters, but she finally does come to one distinct individual on top of a very large mushroom. Nick, go ahead and tell
0: us who this is. So this is a very, very odd looking cat. I'm talking big, big cat, big cat, big smile. What's the color of the cat? The cat is purple. 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 Purple cat. Why is it sitting on top of a mushroom?
2: That's it's that's where it likes to sit. It just likes to sit on a big toadstool. Like to sit on a big toadstool. How big is this cat? If the mushroom is big, how big is the cat?
0: Okay, so the mushroom I would say probably oh okay, so it's probably about like ten feet wide. Okay. Uh, probably about twelve feet tall. So it's a uh, big mushroom. That's huge. Big mushroom. Big shroom. Big shroom. Big shroom. And why how big is the cat? This cat's probably about two bears big whoa okay hold on <laughs> hang on it impossible size like
2: this is a massive and it's cat. and it's sitting on a 10 foot wide yeah it's kind of crouched bunched oh,
0: okay. oh, over oh, on top
1: so of it. it's like it's barely on this plan. thing yeah it's, barely it's
0: on yeah on it. it's barely on this thing it is this barely is an, it's, holding a big this purple cat a big, big purple two, cat. two
1: bear tall purple cat
0: two bear tall purple God. cat.
2: that's terrifying this is are all terrifying. the animals massive in yeah, wonderland
0: not all of them but we haven't seen any of the smaller ones yet. okay Right. and and let's just go back we did get the size is the mad hatter a regular size mad hatter it was the regular size person
1: wow that's terrifying yeah he
0: was, he was about five foot eight
1: imagine living in this world <laughs> massive animals. big ass you cat. are not the dominant
2: species no no, no, no humans are not the dominant no. <laughs> um okay so when she comes to the cat sitting on top of the mushroom mm-hmm the cat notices that she has a very uh, peculiar predicament, a very specific predicament. And what is
0: that, Nick? Uh, that she's fucking lost. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. She yes. is not supposed to be here. Yeah.
2: And has Alice been like, it, you know, expressing any want to go home? I mean, she's in this crazy world. She's hit multiple obstacles and made a mess at this point. Is she expressing
0: any want or desires to go back home? So we're going to go back all the way to that cognitive dissonance again. There's a part of her... <laughs> That wants to leave so badly, wants to go home, back to normalcy, back to a place that she knows. But there is that childlike curiosity and wonder that's also fighting. It wants to be here. It wants to see everything. It wants to see all these things that don't make sense and that are new. So she's constantly in a state of fighting against herself to go home. And I think the cat can sense this. Okay, and so it senses this and it offers
2: a couple of solutions to this predicament Mm -hmm. that is plaguing
0: Alice, what are those solutions? So she gives uh, her three solutions. Okay. One, I'm so sorry, there was an insect flying around. (laughs) Is that one of the solutions? Swat into the air. No, that wasn't one of the solutions, (laughs) but the cat does bat away a few insects while this is happening. (laughs) Uh, So solution number one, you keep wandering around. And hopefully, you possibly find a way out. Like okay. that's that's one thing you could do. Okay. Second option, I can take you home for a price. Does not stipulate what that price <laughs> is. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. Just like you will have to pay something. Yeah, you will have to pay something. Or third, die. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes, and that 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 uh that does throw Alice for a loop. She kinda comes to she's like, wait, what what do you mean by that? And the cat is like, well, if none of this is real then you'll just die and wake up, right? Wow, this gets very well, it's dark. Like,
2: it's half real time.
0: Yeah, exactly. Half real, which is the problem. And she's like, well, will I wake up half dead? Am I going to live? Will I be alive in some sense? So oh, Alice God. is like, "I, this is this is wacky. Wow. I'm I'm not going to trust that. And so the cat kind of, you know, is staring at her, being like, hey, what are you going to do? Oh, my God. Lewis Carroll, who hurt you? Well, oh, are those visions of World War <laughs> One. Those, <laughs> those visions of World War One. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Gosh, the Great War that's coming into this. Yeah,
1: he, he, he was a prophet of a different generation. He's yeah, like, there's a Great War coming! And <clears> no <throat> he, one listened to him.
2: It wasn't called World, World War I. It's and the it's the World Great War. war the was the II, great it was just war. the Great yeah.
0: War. So he just saw a Great War on yeah. the horizon. And man, and honestly, he would be sad to realize that there was going to be another one nearly right after. <laughs> He didn't get that vision. <laughs> yeah, he didn't get the vision of the second <laughs> war.
2: Okay, so he gives her three options mm. to take her home. Does she take any of these options? She decides, I'm just going
0: to keep wandering.
2: She's going to she keep doesn't wandering. really trust You know, the cat I wouldn't ho- either. And hopefully she'll find her way home. Yeah, and hopefully she'll do, find what, her Do we Do we believe the cat? Does Alice believe the cat that these are honest three options, or does this cat seem a little devious? The cat
0: seems a little devious. It doesn't feel like it's letting on everything that it knows. And mm-hmm. maybe... It's because it wants Alice to keep going. And maybe it does actually have a way out of here, but it wants to see what Alice is going to do.
2: Right. Almost like this is an experiment, a play
0: toy for this cat. Like as cats will bat around their prey before actually finally taking it. Yeah, they're little monsters. Love
2: them. Love them with So she wanders on. She She decides. She wanders on. She wanders on. She does not. She only heeds. Does the cat give, other than solutions, does it give any advice? Yes, it does give a little advice. Okay. What is that? Trust the heart. Trust the heart. <laughs> Trust the heart. Not whatever your that, heart.
0: The heart. The, heart. the whatever, heart. Whatever that may be. Yeah, whatever that may be. Hopefully Alice figures that out. Hopefully. Who knows? I mean, she's a kid.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> Alice moves on. She wanders through Wonderland once again. Yep, she keeps on going. And she comes to a tiny house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and outside this tiny house are two footmen. And they are interesting looking creatures nick go
0: ahead and throw out what are these two characters and what like what are these two footmen these two footmen are very thin and very wide they're very strange because they're playing cards uh with little heads and arms and legs on them okay and what numbers are they uh they are two and five <laughs> <laughs> two and five. Two and five. Yeah, where'd you get that information from? You just my own mind. Okay, you just know it so well. Yeah, I just definitely that. didn't look as, at a piece a, of paper. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. I, I definitely don't have some notes
2: about some names. <laughs> so they are the two and five, and of course these two footmen they exchange invitation, in, invitations, uh, meant for a queen and a duchess, mm-hmm. as it says on the cards that they're handing back and forth. What is the ev- event that the invitation refers to? That we are going to later see in the book. A tea party.
0: A, party. Oh, so a tea an party.
2: An invitation to a tea party. And she keeps that in mind. So Alice approaches the small house. And the two footmen tell her that she should not go in. Yeah. As... They say this, the door swings wide open and plates fly out and there's crashing everywhere and everyone is sneezing. Nick, please explain what is happening inside this house.
0: There's a full-on brawl in this house. <laughs> okay. oh, what? And, and who is brawling? Just a ton of people. I mean <laughs> Nate, throw a couple out there, a couple names. We, we got a tiny unicorn. Uh we got we got a small bird. We, we It looks like a dodo. Uh, we have a tiny deer. Uh, we have a pigeon. to be animals? Yeah, they're just fucking going at each other in this house. Wow. There's there's a few more card soldiers in there, and why? they're trying to they're trying to handle the situation. Why? What happened? Uh, well, well, that's what we're trying to figure out right now. There's a full on brawl in this house. They're <laughs> whipping plates.
2: Why are they sneezing? Yeah, why are they sneezing?
0: So of course the pigeon whips out his own pillow that he uses. They stuffle his own feathers. And he's throwing it around. And I mean, it's tickling everybody's noses. And so they're all sneezing. <laughs> they're going they're going ballistic. So they're yelling. They're screaming. They're fighting. They're yelling. And they're sneezing.
2: Wow. <laughs> wow. Why are they fighting? Yes.
0: So that's what we're trying to get to. We're trying to figure out why they're <laughs> yes, fighting. Alice comes how- up. She's like, what the hell's okay. going on? Okay. She asks the question. What the hell's going on? And, and what happens? And it turns out that there was just a slew of insults thrown around between them. And Alice will goes... Well, what are these insults? What do they mean? And they're completely nonsensical. Uh, and she goes, she starts listening to them. And the pigeon says, well, the frog told me my feet are too small. <laughs> and the frog goes, well, it's because you said I'd look like crap with feathers on. And then the, the doe goes, well, the fawn goes, well, yeah, because he insulted my, my fucking pelt. They said it looked like garbage. And it's just a bunch of childhood insults. Of these people fighting in a tiny house. Wow. And they're also way smaller than they should be. I mean, these are like teacup sized. Whoa. Yeah, this is a tiny house. So she's like on all fours looking in trying to figure out what's going on. And then she she postulates a very simple idea of just, because she's a child, you know, very simple ideas just run through children. And she's like, why don't you just apologize? And they all kind of look at each other. They all kind of look back at her, back to each other. And they go, why would we do that?
1: <laughs> and then they start fighting again? Yeah, they
0: start fighting again. <laughs> and this goes on for a few more minutes until she's like, listen, this, is, this fight's never going to stop until somebody takes the high road. And then the, the entire situation changes. And then it's all of them profusely apologizing to each other. Now fighting over who's going to be the best one at apologizing. I see. I see. And then it's very clear this has become this is a competition of sorts between all of them. Makes sense. That
1: makes sense. And
0: it's been a competition. I think this is a uh, what we're trying to see here from the author is that this is a lesson in humility
2: Mm. and being
0: humble, and that there are just some people out in the world that no matter what they're doing, even if it's if it's an argument or even something as simple as apologizing. They want to be the best in a group at it for no other reason that they want to appear the best to themselves and others.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. He was thinking, it's like, how could we stop World War One? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Great but, War. He's <laughs> he he like, <laughs> <a great, laughs> what
0: if we
2: all just apologize to each other, guys? Yeah, and how about we just not do crazy stuff? Yeah, and don't just assassinate the Archduke. Don't yeah, just poor Franz out. Ferdinand. And, he, and who? He just throws out a name at that point. He has yeah. no. Yeah, yeah he's like, there's should to be someone named <laughs> Franz Ferdinand, and, <laughs> and it's crazy that no one ever heeded his mourner Nobody ever. It's while. <laughs> we could prevent more
1: pieces together during world war one I. <laughs> yeah. I
2: think this is a great place to take a break we'll be right back we want to thank you so much for listening to our podcast if you have any suggestions on which books you would like us to cover have any complaints comments or hot takes on our podcast or if you simply want to say hi you can find us on Twitter at no need to read pod, or you can email us at no need to read podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and back to the show. And welcome back. All right. So with the brawl continuing in a different way alice moves on and as she's walking and wandering once again through wonderland she comes across a familiar figure once again she comes across the cat yes and with alice still just as lost the cat gives her two directions two options she he says you can go left or right why does the cat give her these two options and didn't give her these two options before
0: the reason the cat didn't give her the two options before is because alice is still wandering directionless completely lost without any sense of where to go at all so the cat thinks to themselves well they're still going to be lost but i can sort of nudge them in the direction i want them to be lost in so on the different paths, there's different experiences that Alice could have. And the cat wants to, without really tipping off Alice to anything that's going to happen to her, her, shove her in a different direction. Right. Yes.
2: And when the cat presents these two options, it says both options are mad because everyone is mad here. Even Alice herself is mad what does the cat mean by this statement?
0: Well, I, I, I would like to respond to that question with yet another question. Have you fucking seen any of these characters? <laughs> <laughs> They're all like cracked off their what, rocker. What does it
2: mean uh, that Alice herself is mad?
0: Uh, it's that she's starting to believe that this is real. Oh. And that this world is real. And once you acknowledge the impossible is the moment that you yourself are going wow. a little mad. Wow wow
1: she really is mad. Wow.
2: <laughs> and what is lewis carroll trying to say about that In in reference to our own world
0: uh lewis carroll is just trying to say that like to move forward in life in general if you look at like the bigger picture of the world like everything that's happening and you just going about your daily life to an outside viewer that's kind of insane it's like there is war, poverty, famine happening all over the world and here you are just living your own little story. And it's like that's kind of mad, isn't it? It's kind of crazy. It's, kind of crazy. it's like how you' you have your own problems and everyone else around you also has a slew of issues and problems and choices to make in their own world and you're just moving about in your own without possibly knowing what all's out there. You're lost on your own path in life. That's kind of fucking crazy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) Alice takes one particular direction and it leads her to a scene, an event, a large table. And this becomes one of the most iconic in every adaptation, most iconic event in the book, in the movies, in the plays. Nick, can you please explain what this event is? It is a tea party. It is the tea party that we saw the invitation before. The most iconic thing ever. And Mm. there's a good amount of people here. Go ahead and give us the characters of who is
0: attending this tea party. So, we have a few faces that we've seen before. Okay. We have the rabbit. The white rabbit. The rabbit is there. The cat. The cat is mm. also waiting there. Okay. The mad hatter is there at the head of the table. We have uh, the queen of hearts. (laughs) we have the duchess is also there um there there's a few other characters okay, as well go ahead Keep there's listening. also um a few other like of the of the card guards okay, as course. well around the table uh there is a cook there that a is cook. bringing out food off of trays and such there's uh another person that's there they're in white there is a white king and a white queen at the other side of the table okay. opposite of um the Queen of Hearts. And then right beside her in a small chair is the King of Hearts. He's very tiny. He sits so, in a tiny chair on the table. So you have two sets of royalty here. Yes, two sets of royalty, Interesting. royalty here. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, and uh, what is is there a name for this tea party?
0: The Mad Hatter's Tea Party. The Mad Hatter's he, Tea Party. He's throwing it. He's throwing it's his tea party. It's his tea party. He's he's throwing it for these two parties okay, to meet in a neutral say, space. Is, yeah.
1: So that's the reason they're having. Yeah. A party. They're they're not meeting in
0: either of their kingdoms. Gotcha. Ah. That's another
1: another World War One analogy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Really seeing his clairvoyance set in.
2: Oh my god. Oh my gosh. So uh, so is the point? The point is to have like a neutral space. Is there uh? Is there a war going on between these two pieces of royalty?
0: From what Alice is able to piece together, there is there seems to be a ceasefire of sorts okay. going on gotcha. right now. And they, they're currently having some sort of discussion. And there is also, very oddly, a, a lot of civilians here as well. Maybe not people that are actively a part of either war effort. And uh, an outside viewer could say that this is because... You know, when two major entities are fighting, it's the people that are caught between them. Oh, uh, you know, you're not man. wrong. Wow. Yeah. Just like what would happen in World War One. Regardless of
2: the many things that happen at this tea party and the intentions behind it, one of the most iconic parts um, or the most iconic part is when the Mad Hatter stands up. And asks a riddle that people still remember even years after it first being introduced in this story. So, Nick, go ahead. What is that riddle?
0: So, the Mad Hatter. As you know.
2: as I, As we know.
0: Fucking... Whips his hand across his part of the table, getting rid of all the teaware, the dishes, the, the, what he's eating. Just swipes it into the grass. Jumps up on the table. I mean, he practically does like a standing backflip onto the table. <laughs> showing that The Mad Hatter is rather athletic. And okay. he looks around and he goes. He, he, he looks at everybody. He takes like a brief pause. He, he wants this dramatic tension. Takes a look scans across the crowd and he goes what's in my pocket
2: (laughs) yes yes
0: what's in my pocket yep
2: how is that a riddle
0: (laughs) it's really not (laughs) i think that's the part that they're trying to show us is that um you know if you boil a riddle down to like its base components it's really just a stupid question
2: So and why? Why would he ask such a ridiculous question?
0: You know what? I think it really goes back to what the cat said. Everybody around here is just a little mad. So, just a little mad.
1: Does anyone answer? Does the anyone answer?
0: Everybody's kind of looking around. <laughs> they don't know what to fucking say. They're all just kind of like, "What? What does that mean?" And so he like kind of like gestures. He he like goes up for. He's like. And on three, one, two, three, and gestures everybody for their answer. And everybody says something different. Barring (laughs) Alice. Alice doesn't say anything. Ah. Alice stays completely quiet. And everybody says something. And it's everybody's answers are different. One person says, peace. Another person says, a nickel. Uh, Somebody says, my four-leaf clover you stole from me four years ago. Um, and he, everybody goes off and then everybody looks at each other confused. They're like, no, my answer is right. No, my answer is right. And this peaceful tea party starts to descend into chaos. That Everybody starts arguing.
2: Everyone starts arguing. Everybody starts arguing. Wow,
0: so what, so what
1: was in his pocket?
0: Well, and he looks to Alice. Alice was right
2: nothing there's she didn't nothing say in his
0: pocket holy shit wow. mm-hmm. that's so, smart so what's the meaning behind this tea party the meaning behind this tea party is that inane bullshit that just happens like just uh, completely random events that don't mean anything mm-hmm. can throw people into utter chaos <laughs> just that's like wild. some would say we threw the world uh, into world war one into the great <laughs> war <laughs> All right, oh, no. so
2: Alice finally gets frustrated enough to finally leave the tea party and moves on. She actually walks through a nearby forest and through a door in a tree and ends up in the same hallway in which she first fell down into the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. She finds the golden key and is able to go through uh, the door in which she originally could not get through. And she eventually, she's able to get through the door this time with just a, 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 a key and, um, but she's a bis- bit disappointed because something else is on the other side of this door. And she's disappointed. Tell us why.
0: She's disappointed because she goes through. She's descended further down what one would say the rabbit hole is. And she opens the door. And it's the exact same area she came out before. Like she's gone oh, in a circle. It's, it's a Like loop. she's gone in one big circle. A
1: little PT there.
0: She sees the rabbit's home right there. Same thing. Same exact thing is playing out right before her. And what does this mean? This means that whatever she did, she did not, in her own mind, succeed in leaving. She did not do what she needed to do to leave Mm. the rabbit hole. Mm. Sounds like the
1: first war is going
2: to lead to a second war.
0: Yeah. So, Alice...
2: (laughs) Alice tries... She's going to try and do it all again and see if she can do something different. And she actually this time runs into some of, um, I believe, the Red Queen's guard. Yes. um, Before actually running into the queen herself, who has just left the mad tea party. Nick, please give us uh, the the first true impression that Alice gets of this Queen
0: of Wonderland. The Queen of Wonderland is a large, imposing figure. And I I think this is something that we needed to delve into a little bit, is that there are different types of madness that are all throughout Wonderland. Some people are truly just completely insane. Others have a complete warped view of the world, such as those uh, little critters fighting in that house. They have their own warped view of the world, which is why they're mad. The queen is mad because she truly is and believes that she is the rightful ruler of here and everything, that all of all of this is hers to command, uh. and that would say maybe she's a little mad with power. Mm. Uh. So and she wants it all, all. She wants to rule an entire world.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, uh. So we kind of get that impression, and. She talks to the, the the queen talks to Alice and invites Alice to um, a royal event. It turns out to be croquet. So she's going to another event. Maybe this can turn out differently than the tea party. Um, she goes there and they play a croquet game. Similar to everything else that's happened in the book so far, it makes no sense. The rules are not what they are in our real world. Mm-hmm. Uh, fights break out. Um All the same characters show back up, including the cat and the Mad Hatter, and things just don't go correctly, the same way that the Tea Party did. Correct. The Queen asks Alice an impossible question. Similar to how the Mad Hatter asked a nearly impossible question. The Queen asks Alice an impossible question. What is that?
0: Well, as you know. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. The Mad Hatter gave a question that did technically have an answer but only to himself. So it was impossible for anyone to actually give an answer because the 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 whole point of what the Mad Hatter asked the first time, what's in my pocket? Only the Mad Hatter knows the answer. The answer is whatever the Mad Hatter wants it to be. And so that's why it's impossible. So, But this one the one that Queen asks is a a little different type of impossible and she sits there well she actually stands there and she asks alice why did you go down the rabbit hole
1: Uh.
0: and i mean technically the right answer would be curiosity but is that an answer and that that's going through alice's mind it's like well i just wanted to but what was the reason? And the whole point is that there was no reason. Alex just followed it out of curiosity. Alice, sorry. I said Alex. Alice followed it out of curiosity alone. So she could say curiosity. But is it curiosity? Is it madness? Really, the only answer is whatever the queen wants it to be. So Alice, just like she did before, says nothing.
1: Uh, does the queen like this answer?
0: No.
2: And what what is what does she threaten Alice with when she doesn't like this answer?
0: She says, "You need to give me the real answer, or else you're never going home. <laughs> you're going to be a subject of my kingdom." For oh my gosh, wow,
2: that's iconic. Well, before before <laughs> she before she demands another answer to this question, the queen does before she does she asks Alice if she knows um, someone named the Mock Turtle. And Alice says no. So the queen decides to take her to see this individual. Um, so they go see the mock turtle. Can you please describe to us the characteristics of the mock turtle?
1: I'm excited for this. This is my favorite character.
0: So some would say that mock means technically like a, a false image of something. It's, it's, it's a mockery, a fake thing. This isn't actually what we would know as a turtle. It's not a turtle. How what is it what is it? The the mock turtle is a homeless guy in a box.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is really just the queen insulting this poor homeless man.
2: All right, no, I need I need and I don't think anyone else needs any more description than that. Nope. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> The Mock Turtle claims to be very edu- a very educated individual. What are some of the
0: subjects he boasts about and tells Alice about? History. Philosophy. Mm-hmm. The world. <laughs> and he says, I know the answer to every riddle.
2: Ooh. Wow. Every riddle. To every riddle. So if, if he knows the answer to every riddle, Alice would obviously,
0: obviously ask him. Yes. She would ask him. She asked him both questions. She asks, what's in my pocket? Mm-hmm. And the mock turtle says, whatever you want to be in your pocket, mm-hmm. which is technically correct. That's... And it applies to all variations of the answer, because it's when it originally was asked is whatever the Mad Hatter wants in his pocket. Mm-hmm. And at that point, he wanted nothing in his pocket, which is technically something if you're talking about it. Then Uh, She asked the same question that the queen asked, and he gives the same kind of answer. It's whatever you want it to be. And that's when Alice kind of realizes something. Everyone here and every answer is madness. It doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. And it kind of starts clicking with her a bit. The the rules of, of Wonderland are that there are no rules. And that you make them up as you go along. It's like a childhood game. If, remember when you, as a kid, you would play tag with somebody, and then somebody would say, uh-uh, "I'm invincible for five seconds." Well, I have the power to make people not invincible. You
1: make up your own rules. You make
0: up your own rules, and that, that's kind of the revelation. The, the answer to every riddle is that you just have to keep making up the rules.
1: Uh, I see.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Very mad. Very, Very mad.
2: mad. Very mad indeed. So if if that's if that's the answer he gives her... Um, no, is, is that the an- the mock turtle. <laughs> so sorry.
0: Resident studio dog. The, the, much the studio dog is being a dog. Oberon would like to show off his toy to all o- of our o- listeners. O-
1: Oberon is
2: really posing himself to be the mascot. So with that advice, the queen takes Alice back. And what is happening when they get there is actually a trial. Mm-hmm. Nick, please tell us
0: who is on trial and for what is the crime? Uh, the Mad Hatter. Oh, oh, and wow. why? For inciting panic.
1: <laughs> How did he incite How did panic? He incite panic.
0: Uh, with <laughs> his stupid riddle that he did in front of everybody at the table, which completely broke down all negotiations. <laughs> completely derailed the entire like talk that they were going to have between these two kingdoms.
2: Okay, so what does a trial in Wonderland, a place that is mad, has nearly no rules? What does it look like?
0: So it seems the current rule, and there's no way to prove this happens with every trial, we're not exactly certain, is that the Mad Hatter calls upon different people from what appears to be the Watchers to be his lawyer. He just calls upon people to <laughs> defend me. How would you defend me? Not like calling up the people. To, you know, be a witness to question. No, th- he's calling upon random people to defend him in this, what wow. seems to be court.
1: So who who becomes his
0: lawyer? So he calls on a few people first. Yeah. He calls first upon the rabbit. Gotcha. And the rabbit is obviously very taken aback. Is like, uh, okay, I mean, he seems all right. Gives a very weak argument. And then halfway through, like, his next sentence, the Mad Hatter is like, all right, that's good. Next person. <laughs> <laughs> Points at one of the random guards. And of course, the guard, who is a part of the kingdom, is like, yeah, no, he's wrong. Like, he definitely incited the panic. And he lets him go on for a little bit of just essentially slandering him. Wow. And he's like, all right, that's good enough. Not and a good the,
1: lawyer attacking your you know, yeah, person. <laughs> not good at
0: all. And then finally calls upon Alice. Ah. And he says, please defend me. Alice is A, a child, B, not very versed in law. But has she learned anything in Wonderland in her time here? Yeah, She has learned. That could help. She has. She's learned the answer to everything, the rules of everything, this entire world of Wonderland, is madness. It's chaos unbridled. So she walks up and she says to the judge and jury that... It's not out of the ordinary. What he did was not wrong. It was just a part of the world. It's just what happens. The fact that you didn't expect the mad hatter who has a history of doing all this wacky nonsense. (laughs) He has mad in his name. Yeah, he has mad in his name. And you accepted his offer for a tea party to run your peace treaty? You should have expected this. Wow. And everybody just kind of looks around and goes... That's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody starts kind of agreeing. They're like, yeah, you know. Wow. We, I guess we... Okay. We didn't think about it like that. Everyone except one person. Oh. Who? The queen.
1: Ah, uh, bitch.
0: She is not happy about this. Because, I mean, she put him on trial. She wants to see this man burn. <laughs> She wants to see this guy burned at the stake. For why, his
1: why does she have so much guff with the uh, Mad Hatter? Why is she so upset with him There's Because
0: there, it's two different types of madness here. Two different types of of true insanity. Oh, whoa. So There's
1: like two different factions? Mm-hmm. Almost, of two madness. different
0: factions, essentially. The the Mad Hatter is chaos, unbridled, unmatched, uh, just completely unrestrained. Yeah, It is madness in every way. It is the lull so random of Wonderland. Just take every chance you can do to do the first thing that comes to mind. Stream of consciousness.
1: Did you say the so random? Yeah, it's
0: like that part of the internet <laughs> where it's just like throw out whatever you're thinking.
1: Cheeseburger, all that. Bl- whereas yes.
0: the queen is ordered, structured insanity with her at the top and her power controlling everything below. Gotcha. Where her whims control everyone below her. Yeah, it's exactly. her madness inflicted upon everyone, whereas the Mad Hatter's is madness is not controlled by anyone and is afflicted equally upon it, everybody. It flows through us. Yes, it flows gotcha. through us, whereas the queen wants herself to be the top of the chaos ladder, so to speak.
2: Okay, so let's go ahead. How is this trial resolved? And ultimately, how does this story end?
0: It resolves with, okay, so there's it's pretty much about to break into a fight in the courtroom. <laughs> They, Which is not unprecedented. It's not unprecedented. It's very normal. <laughs> it's very normal. But there's one thing we haven't seen. We have not seen two people fight. We have not seen the Mad Hatter fight, and we have not seen uh, the Queen fight. Oh, my God. Oh are my they about God. to fight? So <laughs> they seem like they are very strong individuals, practically unmatched with the power of K.
1: These are like the the two the two different godlike beings yes. of this, okay, of okay. this I can world. Of this
0: world. Nearly coming to blows oh my god and they are about to go to straight up war they're going to uh everybody in this courtroom which is most of the denizens of wonderland would probably get caught up and die. They're on the, different just, sides. Yeah, George. they're it's, on.
1: It's like World War One. They're yeah. they're
0: all attached to
1: different sides. Yep. If one goes to war, they all have to go to war because yep. of who they're siding with. S- and
0: some people here are trying oh, to shit. stay. Are trying to stay out of it. They're trying to. They're trying to say, I'm not going to fight, but they're being pulled into the conflict. They have to. They're. They have to fight. Oh my this god. This is the. This is the Great War of Wonderland. Holy shit! And they're about to come to blows when Alice jumps in. <gasps> Right between them. She jumps in. And she has a very, very simple argument for why they shouldn't fight. If both of you fight now, both of you fight like in this massive war, rather than these petty little squabbles you've been leading up to this entire time that you always do have always done. You'll never have it again. It will Mm. all be over the madness will end. And both of them in that moment, both the Mad Hatter and the Queen realize something.
2: Oh my God. Mad. Yeah. Mutually assured destruction. destruction. Holy Correct.
1: shit.
0: They're all mad. Oh my a- <laughs> Carroll a genius. He is. He is a genius. <laughs> and they realize in that second that they've, they're assuring their own demise. The end of the madness. Oh, if no. they do this final war. That this is where it all goes. And then she brings up the final thing. If you bring it up, if you both fight, it doesn't matter who wins. what Whose side gets peace. It will never be the same and it will always be changed. You will never have the same madness again that you've had your entire lives. Wow. And the Mad Hatter and the Queen both agree. They're both... Purely powerful entities on both sides of the spectrum. A, a, a shadow cannot exist without a light. There's two sides to every coin. Yin and yang. Yep, yin and yang. So they both kind of come to this tenuous agreement right there in the courtroom. Because they can. neither of them can achieve their dreams with the other one there. But taking out the other one would cause their dreams to not be valid anymore. Ah. They would not be able to achieve it. So they agree. And they part ways. And all the denizens of Wonderland go back to the way they were. Does Alice get back home? That's the thing. We see our cat one last time. Comes up to Alice after the trial and asks a question. This isn't a riddle, a question. Did you get everything you wanted? And Alice goes, yeah, she learned some very important lessons here. About madness, about herself, about what's really real. And the cat goes, then you can go. You can leave. You've learned everything you've needed to learn here. Almost like a, a journey of learning, of understanding in a world that has no understanding. It's, a, it's learning in contradiction. She's like, then just, the cat says, then just go. And Alice thinks to herself, oh, I do. I just want to leave now. Both sides of her mind are now in unison that they want to leave she turns and she's in the forest again. The same forest Whoa. she was in when she went down that rabbit. She hole. She just
1: appears there.
0: She's just there she turns around That's incredible. She's just there. What was it all a dream? Did she just black out? she go on, like <laughs> did she dive down a k-hole and now she's coming out? <laughs> Who knows? All right. That's and house goes
2: back. That's
0: how it ends. That's how it ends. That's
2: how oh.
1: it ends. What a what a amazing like analogy here.
2: Truly about something that hasn't even happened yet. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. that's why it's truly one of the greats.
1: It's, it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, obviously you know, his follow-up book is about World War Two through the looking glass. Yep, through looking right. yep. <laughs> <To the> glass. <English. laughs> it's, it's about World War Two. Of course, II. <laughs>
0: of course. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see. Yeah, we we'll we may do that one
1: after we <laughs> get done with War and Peace. We get to that one. So
2: we did tiny little. Hey, what does this mean throughout the entire thing? But what is the ultimate message that he's trying to get across? I think it's pretty simple.
0: So yeah, you well, you could say this is a two-part message. Here. Okay. The first part is that you truly have to come to terms. And understand that there is no true understanding of the world. Okay. That you and yourself will always be lost, but you can find meaning and purpose and direction even when lost in a place that doesn't make sense. Incredible. And the other one is, is that World War I can be prevented. <laughs> <laughs> However, that was mostly glossed over. And as you do know, World War I did happen the great That's war didn't we, happen. Didn't, we didn't listen yeah we didn't I like listen to, i like to imagine Arch- honestly he should have gone with a more heavy handed yeah metaphor. i like to imagine oh, archduke
1: really. Franz ferdinand was like riding in the carriage just reading this book right as everything happened he's like oh this is really oh no oh no, no
0: and then he saw the the archduke's carriage pass right by and he said i'm gonna ignore every lesson i learned this <laughs> <book.">
2: <laughs> all right what would you rate this story on any scale any rating would i would rate it, it. One
0: great war out of two. <laughs> That's only 50%. It was all right. You know what? That's valid. What was your favorite part of the book? Oh, definitely uh, the first time we see the big cat on that little mushroom. Uh, I mean, it was a big mushroom, but the cat was even bigger.
1: <laughs> bigger than the mushroom? Yeah. yeah. Bigger than the yeah, what about yours? Yeah. Um probably the general overall theme of the world war 1 stuff but honestly when the mad hatter had the riddle at the table
0: that is my favorite
1: part. yeah okay it was great i'd like... say it's
0: probably the most iconic thing that's ever happened yeah
1: the it's most true. iconic you know the most iconic line of all of alice in One. Avengers what's, and in, my what's pocket? in my pocket all the adaptations <laughs> what's that's the best pocket? part even the erotic one that's the
0: <laughs> yeah they say that but it turns out in the in the alice wonderland triple x rated musical what's in his pocket is his cock <laughs>
2: And that's a great place to leave you all today. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next time when we discuss War and
0: Peace! peace.